0: This is Adam Carriker on the ticket. Position right
2: of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and twenty. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carriker at the Missouri twenty-one yard line.
0: Live from the heart of Lincoln,
1: America. Eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker.
2: Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carriker. 93.7 The
0: Ticket
3: and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker. All right, everybody. Welcome in to Adam Carriker on The Ticket. We're a little late getting started today, but that's because V-Jack, Terrell Farley, my son Jacob, who is to my left. Say hi, Jacob. How you doing? We did a little bit of a spillover today. We had a lot of fun. I'm joined now. By Mr. Jake Sorensen, and also Rico is right here. He's right on the board, but he might as well join us. How you doing, Rico?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Nice to finally meet you face to face. For sure, dude. I walked
3: right by, so I've seen pictures, but I had not been here inside 93.7 The Ticket before. I walked right by, and Jacob's like, "I think it's in there." I'm like, "No, I don't think it is." And then I see Rico waving, trying to get my attention. So yes. thanks for flagging me down. No How problem. you doing, Jake? I'm doing well. Good to see you, man. Good, to- welcome back to Lincoln. Absolutely, welcome back. Absolutely, good to have you here. Looking forward to the Michigan game tomorrow. All right, dude. So Terrell thinks we need to run the ball first. I think we need to do something, not fancy, but just threaten them deep. Do something to keep them off balance and then get to who we are. What say you?
1: Well, I think that you're right, but I think you got to do something fancy for that to happen. So I'm I'm thinking some sort of early fake play, maybe a halfback pass, a receiver pass. And it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be something like, well, that's probably not in the typical play sheet. But Mm -hmm. if you want them to respect the pass and open things up, you, got it. you can't let them just stack the box. Yes. You're not going to run You know, the run, run the ball against nine guys on a very, very good defense. I don't, I don't care how good Harburg can run the ball or Anthony Grant. You're not running the ball on those guys. And, and early in these games, the first halves, I mean, they've all been tight for Michigan. They have not blown out Bowling Green in the first half. East Carolina, Rutgers was down by seven at halftime last week. Mm-hmm. All these games have been close. And so they've done something, all these teams have, to, to be respectable Offensively, so even though Nebraska is challenged, they shouldn't be like overly scared about. Hey, well, we can't move the ball because everybody has done something mm-hmm. respectable so far through four games against Michigan.
3: So here's my question for for anybody who wants to answer. Okay, so Michigan, we've talked about it previously. V. Jack, T. Jacob, myself, they haven't been overly impressive through the first four games. Georgia's not been overly impressive through the first four games. Neither teams really had to be. Now my question is. Are they not as good as we thought they were? Or do they just not have to be that impressive? And tomorrow is the day that, hopefully not, but maybe the day Michigan turns it on. What do you guys think? Well, this is also their first road game.
1: Michigan has been at home all four games so far. So and I I think that they you've heard some people say they're excited to leave Ann Arbor and get on the road and maybe test themselves, see how they do in an environment. I mean, we all know the game two years ago was incredible. Nebraska lost 32-29. It was a very, very good football game. They were Mm -hmm. down at halftime. The, the third quarter was the best quarter of the entire Scott Frost era. They scored 22 points, had the trick play. Ramir Johnson, a nice touchdown. It was impressive football. We all know how that game ended. But there's probably some guys on that team for Michigan that are, are still on this team. That that, mem- that remember the vibe and the environment and how raucous it truly was mm-hmm. in Lincoln. So they might be looking forward to that and want to experience that again. And, and maybe that can motivate them and get them going but yeah i, I think s- thus far they have been really uninspiring despite
2: being the, t- the second ranked team in the country i Th- don't go ahead i don't know if michigan's gonna have to turn it on versus nebraska no no disrespect to nebraska wow. but i don't know if they're gonna have to do it, it might just can be another coaching. i'm sorry i no disrespect <laughs> but i don't know if they're gonna have to turn it on all right so can i
3: can i out you or not uh, can no. I or not? You know exactly uh, what I'm talking uh, about. No. No? no. Okay, I won't Come on. You make the rules, Adam. Here, Come on, man. So, he is dressed phenomenally. He's got 93.7 the ticket hat on. He's got a great Huskers shirt on. The uh-huh. Huskers are easily in his top three favorite team. Oh. You notice I said top three. Yeah. Uh-oh. Do you want to ask him who number one is? I
0: want to ask him who number two is first.
3: It's Virginia because I
2: like the colors. Okay. We lived out there okay, because of the skins. Okay, I can go with that. Okay. No, number one is Michigan. How? How did you, you let this happen? <laughs> what did you know happen, tell Okay, you, you tell, you tell him. Okay, like, I, my favorite coach, Yellow. And I really like like the Yellow of Michigan. And they've always been like, I liked them when they were like 93 or whatever they were, when they were good, not great. And then I just liked the fact that they run the ball well once Harbaugh started doing that. So I just liked them ever since. It's a little bandwagon, but not a lot.
3: So, in his defense, ever since he's been little, his favorite color by far—I don't even know what your second or third favorite color—it's is. always been yellow. Yellow. Okay. Okay. So then he sees Michigan on the TV screen as a young kid. He's like, "Oh, I like that yellow," and it's just never gone away. Mm -hmm. So, you never corrected it. I I tried. (laughs) I mean, not really. Can you make a kid for liking
2: Michigan? Is that allowed? (laughs) I think so. I think think that's fine. In Nebraska, maybe. You know.
0: So. You drop him off at the fire station. Uh, Oh man, you you just send him a message. message.
3: So then, when Harbaugh, you know, starts running the ball, playing physical football, playing great defense, playing disciplined defense—the type of you know uh, football that Nebraska fans like—and then he likes that. I mean, how do I how do I get on him? Plus, you know, we know a lot of Broncos fans. He likes the Raiders. He tends to be a little bit of a contrarian, and I love that he doesn't follow the crowd and he does what he wants to do. And I actually. As much as, you know, your favorite team is disgusting. <laughs> I respect it. You know what I mean? Yes. So
1: that's tough. I mean, but Michigan, like you said, has been very solid now for years. It was kind of dicey the first couple of years of Jim Harbaugh. They almost fired him in the COVID year, but they, they keep on hang on to him and it's been lights out ever since. Ohio State beat him twice in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, could know, beat him three times in a row this year if they, if they win that game. So kudos to Michigan for not panic firing Jim
0: Harbaugh, by the way. They I mean there was rumors that was gonna happen in twenty twenty. That would have been the weirdest firing, just because he couldn't beat Ohio State. That's Everything it. else was fine. Everything else yeah, was he fine. He just couldn't beat Ohio State. And the moment he
2: does, they like he's one of the greatest coaches exactly. in Michigan history.
0: I mean, he.
3: He's
1: so made back-to-back
3: playoffs. He's back-to-back Big Ten champs. You look at what he did at Stanford. He he did way more with less. I know he had Andrew Luck, but name me another player on those teams, okay? And then he goes to the Niners, and he takes them to a Super Bowl. And they had talent. They had some ability, but they weren't the most talented team in the NFL. And then you go to Michigan, where you can actually recruit a little bit more. And But here's the thing. Michigan fans weren't happy. and It was mostly due to Ohio State. But they still had some top 10, top 15 finishes. They still went to New Year's Six Bowl games. They still won New Year's Six Bowl games, and they were going to fire him. It would have been the most asinine firing in the world, unless he just bombed the last two years. It would have been absolutely crazy. So you come back to our head coach. You come back to Matt Rule. What's the vibe that you guys feel Okay, through the first four games when it comes to Matt Rule? Because the vibe I get, people like him. People like how he represents the university, the program, and everything that he's done so far. People like that he's establishing running the football, playing good defense. I think universally, most people would say, this is kind of rough to say, But his biggest mistake was starting Jeff Sims and and choosing him to be his quarterback right out of the gate. But what's the vibe that you guys feel so far very early on in the Matt Rule era? Well, I
1: think people like him. I think they're optimistic about what he can provide. I think they like the fact that it appears to be a a running culture. You know, Nebraska fans like to run the ball. Mm -hmm. Remember, People loved when when Callahan came in and and, and did some passing because we haven't seen it for years ever at Nebraska. And then they realized, oh, this is not the way to win. Let's go back to running the ball. Matt Rule wants to be that guy. Now, Jeff Sims came in as a running quarterback. We knew that guy liked to run. He, could he pass? I mean, he was average as a passer at Georgia Tech, but he got him because of his running prowess. And you can run the football. The problem is he just can't hang on to a snap or has ill-advised passes. But in general, through four games, I think you have one disappointing loss to you know Minnesota. Was a, The way that he lost the game was, was unfortunate. Colorado was unfortunate too, but got out of hand. I would say the Minnesota one's more... Uh, you know, disappointing than Colorado. Colorado was unfortunate. It Minnesota was. was brutal. Yes, absolutely. So I think this through four games, fans are 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 pretty on board though with rule. I can't
3: get
0: a, an actual bead on what the fans feel about Matt Rule because you have some. It, it was pretty easy with Scott Frost. Everybody loved him. Even even Early up until on. the fifth year. Even up until those last three games, you still had people who loved him and thought that he was going to be the one that needed to turn it around. With Mike Riley, nope, no, barely anybody liked him. It was pretty much from day one. It was, I don't like this guy. He's not going to last here. He's not uh, the guy for us. With Matt Rule, it's been the highest of the highs and like the lowest of the lows. He's He's so back and forth with the fan base right now that I can't get a good read on if the fan base truly likes him or if they're just – You know, dealing with him because he's the head coach right now, and that he's doing some of the things, saying some of the things that the fans want to hear. He's running Mm -hmm. the ball. He says he wants to run the ball. They're actually running the ball, but they're running the ball a lot with the quarterback, which is something that people have said during the Scott Frost era. You can't do that in the Big Ten and have, you know, continued success because you're going to have to deal with injuries in this very physical conference. So, right now with Matt Rule, I, I think he's doing a really good job, and I, I feel like things are moving in the right direction, but it's so split
2: within the fan base. It's very strange. It's it's four games, and it's early. Nobody's panicking. I don't it's think a, it's anybody's like splitting
3: Yeah, You, you wanted to say something. What
2: was I, I don't feel like they are split. I think
1: fans like him. I think they're split on Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator. I think yes. there's some divisiveness there, and of course with, you know, we mentioned Jeff Sims. Maybe the wrong choice, but I don't think people... No, I, it's, I don't, the, it's the decision-making.
0: It's the bringing in this, Satterfield. Okay. It's the bringing in Sims. It's the deciding yeah. to start Sims. And, and now it it's just... I like, it's not people wanting him fired. It's just, you know, <laughs> I, don't, it's just, no, I don't... That would be ridiculous. I know. It's ludicrous. Crazy. But it's just people who are just like, you know what, I don't know about this Matt Rule guy. Like, he's okay right now, but well, well, that's let's see. That's
1: because Nebraska fans are really from, jaded right now. Well, They've yeah. missed seven, six straight bowl games. I, I understand why they might have that kind of feeling. It but,
0: went from the Kool-Aid in the offseason, which is always flowing and everybody's always drinking it, to there's still a couple Kool-Aid drinkers, and then there's some people who have already poured their cups out.
1: You know what really needs to happen? Hmm. Nebraska... Soon. I'm not saying this week because, again, I've got underdog for a reason. But you've got a, a pretty manageable, easy schedule the rest of the way. Yes. Right? Michigan, Every yes. game is winnable the yes. rest of the way. Nebraska, by ne- next week against Illinois, they need to win a close game. We, we've seen so many close losses. Week one against Minnesota. This whole, the entire Scott Frost era. Mm-hmm. Even Mike Riley had close losses. I mean, it was tough. Nebraska has to, early on, like I'm talking to Illinois, the game after that, needs to win a close game at the end. Not find a way to blow it. Find a way to either hang on or find a way to win at the end. And then you can get that monkey off your back and say, all right, let's build on that. They need to win a bowl game. They need to make a bowl game
3: this year. I I think you're all right. I think if Nebraska goes to a bowl game, that'll be enough to appease the fans. I think you're right in the aspect, one play. Mm. one play has had a gigantic impact on how fans view rules so far. The Anthony Grant fumble and the fact that it was Anthony Grant and why was he in the game. It was an all-too-familiar way we lost, how we lost, who we lost to, and then why was he carrying the ball when you have already told us he has fumble issues. Mm. That one play I think changed, I don't want to say 50-50, but I think it changed – The skepticism for some people for the rest of the season. Fairly or unfairly. That's just the impression I get. I think it's a little bit unfair. I think we're seeing a team that wants to run the ball. We're seeing a team that plays good defense. We're seeing a team that has holes. We're seeing a team that needs to get better. We're seeing a team that's stronger in the second half. A lot of that's what Nebraska fans want to see. Absolutely. A lot of it is kind of what we already knew. But I think the vomit that came out of Husker Nation's mouth when that guy put that ball, and I'm not trying to put it on Grant. It's more the decision that he was in the game and Mm -hmm. then it happened. Um, and I'm going to go see rule here in like thirty minutes, so hopefully he's not <laughs> listening, but even if he is, I can only give my opinion. um that I think was really hard for people to swallow, but you're all right in my opinion, I think you're the most right, Jacob. If they go to a bowl game, mm-hmm. that's all I've ever said, and that's all people have wanted all in the entire offseason beyond the ten and two predictions and six and six and eight and four and nine I think I said seven and five. As long as we go to a bowl game and it's not some BS game that we snuck into because uh, we're five and seven, we right. were academically five and eligible. Seven. We had enough six people graduate. And six, yes, we need six wins. Six and six. Go to a bowl game. Don't opt out for God's sake this time. <laughs> I was, I was the only person who thought that that was disgusting, except my phone blew up and nobody else wanted to say it publicly from former Huskers. But everyone who was saying it publicly was like, oh, this is okay. Bull crap, it was okay. No, it was, was not crap. okay. It was terrible. Okay. And so if we go to a bowl game, and there's no reason we can't. Yes, we're gigantic underdogs tomorrow. But we've got teams like Northwestern and Illinois and Purdue, and we play in the worst division of Power 5 football right now. And we have for years. There's no excuse not to go to a bowl game.
2: I, I got a question. Can I ask it? Can't deny that. Yes.
3: Yeah. So you you guys keep saying that we need to run the ball, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And Scott Frost, you wanted the spread offense to throw the ball. Is that why he failed at, at Nebraska? Like the outside of the outside of the sideline stuff with the scheme, is that why he failed? I know the stuff on the sideline,
3: but with the scheme, is that why he failed? Because he wanted to throw instead of run. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I could talk about that for weeks. <laughs> um, I just had a lengthy conversation with one of my sponsors this morning, and I told him a. Well, you were right there. Yeah, I told I him a bunch of things I've never told anybody but my wife. When you're a sponsor of Adam Carriker, you get privy to some of these things. But Brad, keep it quiet. Thank you. Um, his scheme was great. We had people running open all all the time. We had open lanes for the running back. We had you can discuss the quarterback and how there should have been a change. And yes, he got banged up and things of that nature and losing close games the thing that held Scott Frost back was he had not let go of stuff that happened 25 years ago. And it, it inhibited everything that he did and it affected stuff. He did on the field as a coach off the field, which bled more to on the field, which is the main thing people care about so much stuff he had not let go of. And I'm just going to leave it at that. He let stuff from 96, 97, 95 that were years in the past. Cause I've had conversations where he looked at me dead in the eye and he goes, I can't do what I want here because everyone's all over me. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Because he goes, I was at UCF and I did whatever the hell I wanted. I can't do that here. And I know that that bled over into other areas. That's my opinion. The thing that inhibited Scott Frost was Scott Frost.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> he got in his That's own way. That's a much way. shorter way of saying it. He got it. in his own
1: way. And yes. it's just too bad.
0: Too he bad. A lot of aspects. We all want him to could succeed. It did not work out. And now we
3: have Matt Rule. Yep. We wish him nothing but the best, to we be do. clear. We to do. answer your question. Though. Yeah. We do.
0: All right. That's it for the first segment here. Adam right. live yes live in the 93.7 The Ticket Studios out here on 11th and O Street. Stop by. Maybe get a picture with Adam. He shake his hand. You can get some delicious coffee at the mill. But we'll be right back. Adam Carricker on The Ticket.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies
0: as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.